This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show, because it's Thursday. This is the date day edition of the show. I think the best program of the week, because Paula is live in studio with me. So, ladies, this is your day. If there's any questions that you have or any encouragement that you need, please take advantage of the one day a week that the star of the program is here. You're the star. Well, okay. (laughs) You are listening to The Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is a program dedicated to taking your phone calls so that we can answer any questions you have uh, today, any question at all, but but questions typically about the Bible or what we believe as Christians or why we believe it. We will do the best that we can to provide those answers. And just because Paul is here doesn't mean we won't take other questions, but our focus is on uh, her expertise. Oh, it's all about me. Yeah, it's all about you. It's your show. It's my day right now, don't you think? <laughs> all right, good. Here are the phone numbers for your live calls. Area code 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. You can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app and send questions in that way as well. If you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. I just push the call now button and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. Once more, 340-9585. Okay, Paula, now all the pressure's on you. What's on your heart? You know, there's quite a bit on my heart, but the problem is that it's on my mind, too, and I don't think in, like, one, two, threes. I think, like, one, four, two, five, three. That could confuse seven, people. Seven, six, eight. Mm. <laughs> Sometimes eight and nine go together, but... A lot of times I'm just jumping all over the place. but um, So it seems like every time I turn around, I'm hearing this scripture. Even you last night, at the end of your message, you still said, remember 2 Corinthians 5.17. And so because it's sweet summer devotion time, and that is our theme verse, um, it just worked out very nicely. Um, when I started Sweet Summer Devotions, it was kind of neat to look out and you know, I, I asked the alumni speakers to stand up. There was quite a few of them. Oh, good. Yeah, and um, and then uh, then the there was about seven, and there's nine speakers this year, and seven of them were in the audience, and then that was me up on the stage. So eight of the nine were there last night. So that summer, you know, summertime when the kids are out of school, the moms can come to put the kids in in um, the childcare section, 
and we just have a lot of ladies that show up and it's it's just a really really uh, neat time and there were so many ladies I passed around I looked out there that I didn't get to get to that I don't even know That's and you know that kind of yeah, that kind of bothers me because, you know, I want to know everybody. If I don't know their name, I want to know their story. But there were a lot of ladies, and I just want to encourage any and all ladies um, to show up. Next week is Sarah Green. Yeah, you, you'll be blessed. Uh, Sarah, uh, she's nervous. She asks for prayer, but she will do a great job. Uh, and then we have a two-week break, and then we're back with the final seven speakers. Mm-hmm. We have a two-week break because we're going to be on vacation. Yeah, I haven't wanted you to say the V word yet because my mind <laughs> immediately jumps to the beach. Well, sorry. It's my show, my day. I get to talk about what I want to. So anyway, yeah, we're getting ready to go on vacation. I'm already thinking because, you know, I have the responsibility of packing and pre-packing, I should say, and, and getting everything organized because I have one job. Don't mess it up. And I have to take care <laughs> of you to make sure we have all the stuff we need. So um, I have a lot of I have a lot of days and a lot of jobs. So I'm, I, the vacation word has to come up because I got to get ready, Pastor Ron. So um, you'll be okay. Before but, you before you go on, you brought up something that's that I think is is. Uh, an interesting thing to talk about. If you don't want to do it today, we'll do it another time. Okay. But but I know how it bothers you when you can't get to everybody, you can't meet everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we have a lot of people who are here on Sundays and Monday nights and um, just... Uh, but, but one of the conversations going on now uh, in the church world, whatever that is on social media, is um, what's the right-size church? Are you really a pastor if you pastor... Uh, 5,000 people and you don't know 10 of them by name. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you really a pastor or are you just a speaker, somebody standing in front? Uh, and, and I think the, the answer is not as cut and dry as some try to make it, but, but uh, I think if you're really a pastor, like you, Paula, it, it, no, I'm you're, not a pastor. I, you're not a pastor, but I mean, like you, mm-hmm. uh, a pastor has to be sort of flummoxed by not being able to know people and get to them and get involved in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why God brings people to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's why we do this. We love God. We love his word and we love his people. Mm-hmm. And there's no real value in loving people long distance. Uh, it's like all the time some people say, well, Pastor Ron, I haven't been able to get there for a long time, but I watch you every single service mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell them all the same thing, but I don't get to see you online. Yes. Okay. That doesn't help me at all. I want to hug you and look into your eyes and know yeah. that it's okay. Mm-hmm. So how do you deal with the fact that you can't possibly get around and know everybody? Uh, that's the coolest thing about having the leadership here that we do. Um, because even when I don't get to get to them all, our staff, and I love this because you talked about this either yesterday or the day before yesterday, you know, I think it was yesterday when somebody called in saying that uh, one person talked about um, how they believe in Jesus one way and another staff member talked about him in another way but not not here not here and so even when I don't get to get to everybody one of the other pastor's wives does and so I can call her and say hey I saw you talking to so-and-so what's her name what's the story and make sure I get to know her the next time so I don't think it matters what size the church is if that pastor wants to be involved in the lives of the people. He has a staff um, that is on the same wavelength as he is. And for me, I will eventually get to know them all. 
I don't care how big the church ever gets. That's my goal. I asked the Lord to tell to make sure that happened for me before we left California, not knowing if we were going to have a little church, medium church, or a big church. So it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to know them all eventually. <laughs> and and you asked the Lord another thing that, that, that was to help you remember names. Mm-hmm. And people are still blown away that you remember names. Mm-hmm. And I know you a long time. Your memory's not that good. So that's just Jesus helping you. Pastor, well, I take offense to that. <laughs> no, I don't. But yet, even last night, there was a, a, a lady that hasn't been here. She and her family haven't been here for a few years. And I recognized her. And I couldn't remember her name. But I told her, I said, you know I know you because I used to tell you she has a beautiful tattoo on one of her arms. I used to tell you all the time how much I love that tattoo. And this is what she said. You do remember me. I said, of course I do. But, yeah, I, I'm going to know pretty much. I'm going to make sure I know. But, yeah, it does bug me if I don't know them all the first day. But if they come two times or three times, I, I'll, I'll get to them. You know, Paul, I was... Um uh, that, that question yesterday that you talk about, it, it bothered me that there would be um, pastors and their wives on a staff and, and all of them wouldn't be walking in the same direction. One of the things that we emphasize here at Calvary Chapel, we do a, a, a pastor's discipleship mm-hmm. class here mm-hmm. every other Saturday. If I'm in town uh, or under normal circumstances, we do it. And, and um, we don't call them leaders, but they're the people that have really been invested in the church for a long time. Uh, there's probably 60 to 70 people that show up for the classes each time. And we talk about things. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we talk in depth about things and we, we deal with hard things. Uh, and we've been doing this now for... I don't even know, Ron. 21 or 22 of our 23 years? Probably, and you always say at the end, tomorrow's a work day. So we all come in on Sunday or Wednesday or Friday, and then Monday night too. We're already looking around to see um, who needs a hug, a touch, uh, you know, a prayer, whatever. It's a work day. We're not looking to be... Um, pals and chums to each other, even though that happens, um, but we're looking to see who's new, who's hurting, and so that we can... We call them search and rescue. And one of the things that we do on Friday night services, we have those men and women come up at the end of the service and stand in front of the stage, and we close so people can come up for prayer. So they're engaged in the people's lives. Mm -hmm. But on Sunday, they know that when they come here, they're not here to talk to people they already know. I mean, we do. Hi, how you doing? Give them everybody hugs. But, But they're looking for people who are new. Yep. Or looking for people who are who are obviously troubled or or hurting, mm-hmm. uh, and what we want them to do is is reach out, kind of get out of their comfort zone, mm-hmm. and and because of that, we know with certainty that there isn't anybody that walks in here who hasn't been here. Or there isn't anybody who's who comes in, sits down alone. You know, you can always tell new people to the church they come into the sanctuary. Our sanctuary's empty because everybody's out talking, mm-hmm. um, uh, and they sit alone. Well, those people go to those loners, yes. and and not only welcome them, but uh, get to know them a little bit mm-hmm. and introduce them. Radio listeners come in all the time, and yes. they kind of don't know what to make of our tacky little church. But there's <laughs> tons and tons of people around. And and uh, they'll come up and say, well, let me introduce you to Pastor Ron or, or Paula. And uh, they instantly become sort of ingratiated into the culture here. 
And, and that's what we want to do. It's one of the reasons that I say on this radio program on Fridays, go make somebody welcome. Go tell somebody you love them. Be God's yeah, arms and be his right. heart. That's right. Um, and, and I think when you get over a couple of hundred people, it's the only way that you can affect loving minister to the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, and the confused. Yeah. And uh, we've made a, an emphasis of that for all of our years. I think another thing that um, is pretty probably uh, different here is when people come for the altar calls. We have some of those same said people from the search and rescue uh, ministry uh, come and stand with them. So nobody's going through anything alone, you know. Um, They hear the prayer um, to offer them to get right either for the first time or again with the Lord. And then the search and rescue member who's standing with them says, let's go over here for prayer. You know, and so that person no longer is... uh, standing alone they have somebody in their corner who they can feel and touch a lot of times we need that it's funny you bring that up i had somebody not too long ago say to me well well pastor why do you have people come up when when people come up to answer why do you have others come do you do it to make it look like more people are responding to the invitation <laughs> and I thought, well, that's a, that, uh, that never, never occurred. occurred. I, mean, I was like, what? Yeah, if somebody comes up and responds, that's okay. between them and God. Yeah. It has nothing to do with me. I just give the invitation. Uh. But the reason we do it has always been the same. We want people to know that from that moment they give their heart to Jesus, they're never alone. Mm-hmm. From that day forward, they're never alone. Yeah. They never have to go through anything alone. Mm-hmm. And if we really focus on being available to the people that God entrusts to us. I mean, this is like God saying, okay, I can trust you with the, the, mm-hmm. the, the hurting, yeah. the, the one I love. Yeah. And and we want to be there and represent Jesus rightly. That's right. And you can't do that from a distance. No. So. And you know, another thing is, well, we have a lot of stuff that, um, but like, say, for instance, this has happened numerous times over the years. One of our girls or our ladies, you know, who... We know a single, and all of a sudden, there's some gentleman sitting next to her. <laughs> and so, if it's not me, and you, so most of the time it usually is, it's like, hello, sir. We love her. You know, and I'm kind of holding her hand. We love her. I don't know you. Um, what's your name? Are you, are you a Christian? And what are your intentions? And right now, he'll say his name or something. I'll say, I don't want to make you too uncomfortable, but right now, my eyes are not the only ones on you. <laughs> and so, um, and there's been several times where the, the gentleman has said, good, that's how it should be. I'm, you know, you there's should a, There's be. a lot more times when they just look nervous. Yeah, a lot of times <laughs> they just look nervous, like, oh, my goodness. What oh, did my I goodness. get myself into? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember it wasn't two, uh, maybe four years ago on this radio program, you said something like that, and we had a lady take real offense to it. She called in and, and really scolded us for women can take care of themselves. Women don't need men or people in the church to watch out for them. <laughs> and, and it's just such a foreign concept to us. We're not taking care of anybody, but it's our job as a family to watch out for them. Yeah, for we've sure. also had some wolves come in here. Oh, sure. And so Every you, church does. Yeah, and when you can look into their eyes and, you know, the Holy Spirit is saying kind of in a way, I know you. I've seen this before. So we're going to be watching you. Because can you imagine if if we didn't take some kind of a... I mean, what kind, if there's some man comes over to my house, for instance, if I have daughters, 
And he just comes in and just makes himself at home and all comfortable in my living room, put his feet up on my table and stuff. Not a gentleman at all. There's no way. There's just... So maybe you're not taking care of him, Pastor Ron. <laughs> but I'm just going to tell, yes, I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah, And I think that's my job. I'm the pastor, but we're like church parents and grandparents, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. What's really scary is we're seeing some of those who are the age of our grandchildren coming in with other people. It's like now we're kind of watching yeah. for them. Oh, my goodness. It's so That's why we got to stay in shape, Paula. We've got to be tough. Yeah, yeah. I went, we went to the gym yesterday. We're all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've, I've taken up okay. 10 minutes of your show. No, it's, this is awesome. But our staff is in one accord, and we, we do kind of make sure that, um, you know, I have the leadership ladies to the house once a month. There's a couple questions you always have me to ask them. You know, one, how's their marriage going? And two, how's the finances? If we can help out, you know, in any way, <laughs> more than prayer, because that's pretty much it. Um, but we stay close. Um, our ladies will be going again on our own this year. Uh, instead of going to the big nationwide conference, we just get away by ourselves. And that way, Ron, it's just been uniting us even closer um and so we're all on one accord i love it saves on airfare too yes it does <laughs> it does you know now this year paula you've got two additional pastor's wives i know dr sheba yep and, and nancy, 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 nancy jones because mm-hmm. pastor brian's going to be or i mean brian is going to be pastor brian yeah. on july the 20th yes and i cannot wait and we get two rooms at this hotel where we go and they're adjoining rooms and so Pastor Ron, we cannot have more than 12. That's, as, that's the maximum in our two rooms, and we don't want to split up. Talk to the Lord. That's you not know what I'm saying, yeah. We just ordain who he tells yeah, us to ordain. That's true. But, oh, I, I am so excited because, again, Dr. Pastor Peter Paley and future Pastor Brian are on the same page, and as are their wives with, with us. and. Nancy's a gifted Bible teacher. Oh so, is, so is she. Bubba. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm telling you, both of them are the female you. <laughs> they just go deep. They it's, they have to know. Younger and prettier and nicer. Well, yeah. But anyway, yeah. But we're all on one accord, and I couldn't be happier with the staff that you have. And their, you know, we deal with lives. so much pain and so much heartache. Uh, why would we want to cause like self-inflicted wounds in our leadership? Why would we invite people who don't agree with us or, or we don't agree with they're they're brothers we we love them but but you know we, we got to walk together if we're going to finish the race mm-hmm. and and i think that's something that's really lost especially as pastors get younger uh they like the idea of independence and they like the idea of of diversity um uh, all that's fine if it's handled properly mm-hmm. but diversity of direction isn't something a church can survive yeah no. We can't be messing with these sheep. We got to all be going in the same direction, or they're because you know sheep. When they look at the water, they want that water to be still. They don't want ripples and stuff. And if we had you know pastors disagreeing with one another, that would make me nervous. As because I'm a little sheep. <laughs> I want the waters to be steady, eddy. And uh, we can all be be safe. Okay, let me get phone so. numbers. If you have calls for Paula or questions for me or Paula, three four zero ninety five eighty five or toll free eight seven seven six three zero KSLR. Go. Okay, so 
I got to teach, you know, Monday night, and um, what a privilege it is that the Lord can take this foolish person and teach his word. <laughs> it just blows and, my and mind. And that was our first sweet summer devotion. That was the first one. I, get, I usually get to, um, you know, probably because I'm the pastor's wife, I get to get you started off, you know. The Lord says, okay, go ahead. You can start it off. I think one year I ended it because one of the ladies had family coming in and um, and so she started it. But usually I get to start it off and I just kind of introduce what the um, what the theme is and it, it, at the same time I'm introducing the ladies and kind of giving them instructions on um, how to go about this teaching and then just kind of setting up the the listeners of you're going to hear the old, well, in this particular uh, year, the old is gone, all things become new. And so you're going to hear some about their old life. And it never fears, I mean, never fails, I should say, never fails, never fails. Every year people will come up to the speakers and say, wow, I didn't know that about you. I wouldn't have guessed that about you. No way. Are you sure you're telling the truth here in church? You know, kind of thing. And um, they can say, yeah, this was my old life. And once again, every single lady, I think, through all these years, and I can't remember. We, In fact, Dr. Sheba said she taught in 2009, and I know that we had been doing this before that. Mm. So it's 10, 12 15 years for whatever but almost every lady even when they were living in their sinful life would say this I know Jesus was there I know he was calling me he was saying don't go this way <laughs> but some just put their fingers in their ears because you know we want to sin and do our own thing And but every single one I bet you again this year we'll say, I knew he was always right there. <laughs> Paula, my favorite one uh, of all time, and it's it's hard to say because there's so many great ones. Yeah, yeah. But Killian Goins, <laughs> because because when when uh, you know, and she was a believer, but kind of immature and yeah. um, not really close. And and when this great looking man came into her life and mm -hmm. says, "I'm a Christian." Mm -hmm. um, she, you know, she fell in love, and, mm -hmm. and he was handsome, and yep. she was pretty, and, yeah. and uh, uh, he said, oh, no, uh, I'm not going to defile you. Yeah. She thought something was wrong with yeah, her. She thought something was wrong with her. Don't you like me? What's the matter? I mean, no man has ever tried not to defile me. Mm -hmm. No, no, I'm a Christian man. I love Jesus, mm -hmm. and I would never defile you. Yeah. And she was saying, she said in her face, she said, no, go ahead and defile me. It's okay. <laughs> But Ellis uh, 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 and, and Killian have been with us for a, a very, very long time. Yeah. And um, to, to, for people to see who she used to be and what she's become, mm -hmm. it's an amazing thing. And that's why the old is gone and the new has come matters so much. It definitely does. And it gives those who are listening such great hope because, and I say this all the time too, look at y'all, look at you guys out there. If the Lord can use you, and usually I point to myself, if the Lord can save and use me, he can save and use anybody, you know, and that's what he wants to do. And so um, I tell them, that please be free to share who they were, you know, just like 20% of the of the old stuff, but then 80% of 
glorifying God and yeah, and the reason I think that the sweet summer devotions have been so successful and, and used by the Lord is because um, the finished product is always glorifying God. Mm-hmm. Look what he's done. This is what I used to be. This is what I used to think. Mm-hmm. But this is who I am. Look who God has made me. And and some of those ladies have overcome such unbelievable difficulty that you can see all the ladies in the audience sort of kind of think, well, he can do that for me then. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point of Sweet Summer Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a couple of them, you know, just, uh, just to maybe even encourage um, listeners now. There was couple of ladies who've had, uh, they've been on all kinds of drugs. I mean, that everything that was made, they tried. Um, I think Becky Alvarez, yeah. her, her devotion was great. Mm-hmm. Several women have um, had numerous abortions, just afraid, you know, and just promiscuous, and uh, and look, look, look where God has brought them. Um, none of our stuff was hidden. I shared mine, you know. The Lord didn't want me to go to the liquor store, so I went down the liquor aisle, you know. And I was trying to hide from the people, make sure they didn't see, you know, from my church, putting booze up on the the counter. And, you know, then, okay, so I'm not going to the liquor store. Well, I didn't share the story the last time I drank was, you know, those people offered <laughs> me a glass of wine. And I didn't look at you. You were still driving back in the day. I looked straight ahead. Because <laughs> I know I was busted. Well, ladies in the audience, we invite you Monday night. Sarah Green will be speaking at Sweet Summer Devotions. I promise you, you will be blessed. Yeah. This is the word to stand on for life. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. We're going to shift gears in the second half of the program. We'd love your calls and questions. We will see you in two minutes. to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the second half of the date day edition of the program 340-9585 for your live calls and questions paula i know i said we're going to go a different direction Mm -hmm. but you wanted to mention something Mm -hmm. for the ladies showing up uh it's better to be here. You know, some can stay at home and watch online. And if you can't get here, I understand that. But it's way better to be here for the Sweet Summer Devotions because afterwards there's, you know, we turn everything off after the teaching's over. But then we have question and answer time. And then we have prayer time. And the, the, the ministry, the fellowship that goes on after the teaching is every bit as important as the teaching. So. Well, and, it, and it's, it's spurred by the teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, the ladies who, who have uh, overwhelming things going on in their lives feel like they're not going to survive another hour, yeah. and then they hear somebody else, and, and, and you know, it's like, you, you survived mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And they can get prayer, and they can ask for help, and get some, some counsel, yeah. not only from the person who's speaking, but from others. So yeah. it, it really is a great time of fellowship, and it's, it's um, one of the more... Um, truly, truly blessed ministries we have here mm-hmm. uh, at the church every summer. You know, everybody complains, pastors complain, I should say, more specifically. Uh, summertime, nobody's engaged and nobody comes. It's just the opposite here. Yeah. 
It's just the opposite. If you go on vacation, that's fine. But, but um, oh, we I have. Said, I said the vacation word. You sure did. I but did. It's my fault. I, I started <laughs> it. Yeah. But um, it, it, it's it's also true that there's a lot of people who are able to come. Um, who can't come during the school year, and the ladies just flood this place. Mm-hmm. Well, we used to take off uh, a couple of more weeks in the summer, but we stopped doing that. The people want to come. We need to be here when they when they want to be here. And you know me, I love coming to church. And the only reason I'm missing is because we'll be on the V word. <laughs> That's why we're taking the two week break because I don't want to miss any of the teaching. So you know, if we didn't go on the V, then. <laughs> We would just go straight through. Okay, Paula. I know you want to talk uh, a little bit about last night's message. <clears throat> yeah, last night's message was, whoo, you could hear a pin drop in here, huh? Woo. Yeah. <laughs> it was so, it's such an ugly story. Yeah. And and it was a very, I I, I can be very direct. Yeah, uh, last night was like. Was extra direct. Yeah, the the. The arrows were extra sharp. That's what I'm talking about. You know, in my old life, when I'd go to take my suits and my shirts to the cleaners, I'd say the shirts, uh, heavy starch. Yeah. Tell the truth. Uh, okay, you said heavy starch. Yeah. Because yeah. you <laughs> never, I don't think you ever went to the cleaners. Unless <laughs> you were just in the car with me or something. Okay, you know what I meant. Yeah. And uh, uh, <laughs> last night was the heavy starch message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, I don't know if it was starch passed around. I think it was just... The arrows were sharper. <laughs> we it was rough, but it was it was a great study because we need to we need to be warned. I mean, David messed up, and uh, you know, you always say this: what we do matters. It's not what we say. What we do matters. What we say matters too, um, but really, what we do. It is yeah, but, key. but what we say doesn't matter at all if we don't live a life that's consistent with it. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's uh, when Paul writes to, to fathers not to exasperate, and other translations says embitter your children. I think chief in point here is the, 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 the father who says one thing and lives something else. And David, he sinned. There was a lot of pain in his life personally because of his sin. Uh, he could repent and get right with God, but um, the consequences of his sin long-term would never have occurred to him. And he's one of the worst fathers imaginable. His sons paid no attention to what he said because, frankly, they, they watched him live a life that was duplicitous mm-hmm. uh, their entire lives. And yesterday's story was about David's firstborn, a, a man named Amnon, um, raping his half-sister Tamar and uh, all the ways that, that the enemy will use um, sin and lust and hypocrisy uh, to destroy and devastate families. And last night was one of those studies where the, 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 the study just reeked with the devastation of consequences. Mm-hmm. And, and we like to think, well, I sinned. I'm sorry, God. Everything's going to be okay now. It's not. Yeah. It's not. And one of the main points in my my message last night was to be sure to consider consequences before you make the sin, the choice to sin. Instead of afterwards, like Cain, my punishment is more than I can bear. Instead, we've got to be men, leaders in our homes. We've got to be men who um, don't just say the right thing, but live the right thing. Our Jesus has to be 
attractive enough for your kids to say, you know, I want mom's Jesus. I want dad's Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, one of the things that I mentioned last night was how many of our children have listened to mom and dad arguing at horrendous volume levels, saying terrible, horrible things about one another. And maybe I'm extra sensitive to it because my mom and dad argued growing up and I used to just go in the bedroom, put the pillow over my head and say, stop it, stop it, stop it. Um, and, and I was always sure they were going to be divorced. Go to school or they're going to be divorced. Uh, because I heard how much they really hated each other. At least that's how it sounded to a kid growing up. And we're raising kids in that kind of a household. In Amnon's case, he was raised by watching his father to believe that people who are in privileged positions don't have to obey the rules. And so the, the rules that apply to the little people out there don't apply to him. And the result is uh, Tamar's um, life was stolen from her. She was truly a victim in the worst of ways. So we talked about rape. We talked about men who will lie um, to get what they want from women and trying to warn women to, to run away any man that... that says he loves you, no matter how lonely you are. Um, if he's trying to get you to be disobedient, he doesn't love you at all. Mm-hmm. And the fun thing, funny thing, not fun thing, but the funny thing for Amnon, he he was so in love he thought he was sick. As soon as he raped her, he hated her. And the Bible says he hated her more than he'd loved her before. And so it's all consuming. Either I've got to have what I want to have. Once he gets it, it's, I hate you. Get out of here and lock the door behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, one out of six women in the United States are victims of some sort of sexual assault. 34% of those rape victims are children 12 or younger. Um, we're just now getting clear statistics on young boys who have been assaulted by relatives in their families. And, and you know, we think, well, it's just horrible. Well, the world's always been horrible. And the only answer has been Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, apart from him, those are the things that are going to happen. Yeah. And you know what? We say this all the time. People are the way they are for a reason. I have no idea. And those statistics are only those that are reported. I'm certain it's probably worse than that um, because the shame, the stigma is such that people don't step up and say anything. You know, I don't know how many people on Monday night, for instance, um, I I just knew, you know, well, of course we know in a group that size, there's always going to be somebody who's been either raped or, you know, molested, whatever. Um, and you just... When you say stuff, when the Holy Spirit's leading you to say stuff, you can feel that pain in the room, mm-hmm. whether somebody comes forward and tells you that was me or that happened to me kind of a thing. But, yeah, it's, I think it's worse than that. And yet, what you were saying last night, especially to the men, it's time to stand up and not be a part of, not be the problem, but be a part of the solution. Um, David could have said, you know, when Amnon says, oh, I'm so sick, I need her to come in and make the food in front of me and so I can eat it from her hand. What? <laughs> well, I said, David should have said, that's weird. That's weird, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can bring you some food, but these men over here, they know how to cook. They can bring it to you, you know. So we need to stand up, men, and, you men and, 
and take responsibility and what you said, the reason why David did not. And this what we hear so often. My miho or my miha or, um, but, you know, I didn't, I lived a sinful life. And so who am I to tell them? You're their parent who made a big mistake and you want that life for your children? No, stand up and say, yeah, I sinned, I made a mistake, I don't want you, I'm not going to allow you to go down that road. You can call me all kind of names, but you live in my house, my rules, there's a new sheriff in town, his name is Jesus, and this is, I'm going to follow him, and so are you, and if you don't want to... Yeah, there and, you go. You know, the enemy has done such a good job of convincing us that, well, because I'm the cause of the pain, you know, I'm on my second or third marriage, and and, and my kids have suffered because of my bad choices. Uh, we think indulging them is the way to gain their hearts. Mm-hmm. The problem, of course, is that we indulge them. All we do is we, we raise children who are worse than we were when we were indulged and, and indulging ourselves. Yeah. We, we raise young men who can't keep jobs, um, young men and women who who uh, are learning. I, I said, I think the quietest it was in here last night was when I told uh, the, the our audience um, that um, dads, your daughters, are picking husbands in the future based on your example. How would you feel if your daughter came home and said, Daddy, I found the one, and he's just like you. He treats me just like you treat Mama. Uh, would that thrill you? And and his answer would be silence, because it doesn't... Uh, the way you treat your wife, men, mm-hmm. that's what your daughter is learning is acceptable behavior mm-hmm. between the husband and the wife. That's how it's supposed to be, that kind of that mm-hmm. attitude. That's, yeah, that's just how it's supposed to be. They don't know. Your, your boys are you learning how to treat women, how to view women. Yeah. And we men, especially in this age of, of Me Too, um, we who are Christians ought to be at the, at, the, at the forefront of that. We ought to be the ones who are defending the honor of women. We're the ones who, who ought to be, not in rants like we see on social media, but, but we're the ones who ought to be the kindness, kindest and the most mm-hmm. giving and loving yeah. uh, so that, that women truly understand their value in the Lord mm-hmm. because we have the answer. You know, Tamar Paula didn't have uh, a remedy. She was going to be alone. She would not have children. She would be barren um, uh, through no fault of her own. Uh, her, her name means palm tree. Fruitfulness is what it means. And, and her life wouldn't be fruitful. And she didn't do anything wrong. She was a good girl. We who are New Testament Christians, because of your verse, we have a remedy. Mm-hmm. The old is gone and the new has come. And all we have to do is believe that and then walk in in the path set out before us with Jesus. That's yeah. what we got to do. Yeah, as, I'm, as you're talking, Pastor Ron, all I'm seeing is those young men and women um, with the Corpus Christi or what, where was that for the spring break? South Padre. South Padre. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and we, we did we the Joy of Jesus down there. Yeah. And, they just think that's the normal thing. Oh, spring break. Here we go. I'm going to take my top off and I'm going to get some beads. And I'm going to be groped, and I'm going to get some more beads. 
I'm going to get drunk and whatever else happens, and I'm going to get some pulling down their bathing suit beans. bottoms and taking pictures. What yeah. is that? So, anyway. That, that's where our children are going. Yeah. Let's take a break, Paul, and go to phones. We've got Jimmy from San Antonio. Jimmy, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Okay. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Jimmy. Thank you. Okay. I, um, I called my so-called daughter-in-law. She's not really my daughter-in-law. I called her that <clears throat> because... Um, I said to her, my son, Christian, were living in sin. And it, it really bothered me for like three years already because they decided to live together. And then they had a child, and my son wasn't raised that way. He was raised, you know, from the Christian church. And, um, you know, it's his fault, too, because he decided to live with her. So, and, and then, we, you know, the the grandchildren are... We're blessed with them and everything. And then he took in her son. She had a son out of out of another pregnancy, and he took her son. He's been a good father and everything. But I told him, y'all need to get married. And and you know, it been and I had to finally tell you because it's been bothering me. And and she she came back and she said, we're not living in sin. I said, yes, you are. You're living. You're fornicating. You're fornication. We all have sin in our life, but you're fornicating. Well, we can't afford. I said it costs money to get married. I said, no, you can get married. I, look, Christian wants to get married in the Christian church, and she wants to get married in the Catholic church. I said, yeah, it's going to cost you a lot of money uh, to get married to that your side of the church because you you want a big party and everything. You want a party with people drinking and partying and everything. But my son just wants a simple marriage under the eyes of God. All it's going to cost you cost you is a marriage certificate. And, and, and the pastor will marry you. I don't want to get married in a Christian church. I said, okay, well, I'm going to have to tell you the truth, and I have to get this off my chest. But I'm just going to say, and I, I know I offended you, but um, the reason I'm telling you is because I love you. Jimmy, that's one of the things I meant. That's one of the things I meant last night when I told men they've got to stand up for Jesus, stand up with Him, but stand up for Him as well. And um, um, it's an amazing thing. I said in my study last night, I, I, I don't understand a female mind that says, um, well, he wants to live with me. He wants me to have sex with him, um, but he isn't willing to make a commitment. And in, in this case, it sounds like she's uh, on the same same page as he is in that case. Um, but getting right with God, you need to stop. Um, never stop proclaiming that message because there is just going to be more and more pain. There's no commitment. A, a, a relationship like that cannot be blessed, of course. And when we're doing just the opposite of what God told us to do, we can expect that there's going to be a lot of pain. And my pain as a pastor here is that those kids uh, are being raised in a home where they're also going to have no value. Now, they're cute and they're young and we think, oh, yeah, they're great and they're a blessing from God. But they're they're being raised in an environment where there's not going to be value. You know, Jimmy, think about this. We Christians, most of us, would decry a gay pride parade. We'd just say, well, well, how can you have pride in your sin? There's a whole bunch of people in, in your instance, one of them a professing Catholic, the other who was raised in a Christian environment, uh, and yet their 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 adultery pride or fornication pride 
in their lifestyle and and we think nothing of it well, at least they're not gay kind of thing but you know in the church people who profess the name of Jesus um, we're the ones who who really really bring shame to the name of our Lord so Jimmy I'll be praying for him you keep praying for him but you stand up and don't do anything that lets him see that that there's any acceptance at all of their relationship when Paul and I uh, when when our first son came to the city was going to move in with his girlfriend um, we just told him well then then um, we can't come to your house we won't come to your house we can't pretend you're married we can't pretend everything is okay you know we love you but we're just not going to do it. And and the Lord worked on him, so in in two months they were here and we were marrying them before they ever moved in together. So uh, taking a stand works. Jimmy, thank you. I appreciate the call very, very much. 340-9585. I have no idea where we are in time, Paula, so why don't oh, you go yeah. ahead. Uh, you know, you had a question about, you know, if gay couples came to our church. Well... Yeah, we we've had that. We want we want everybody to come here, not just gay couples, but those who are cohabitating. You know, they're we're married common law. No, I usually say, are you really married? Um, just like, are you really a Christian? I, I I don't know. The Lord just sometimes has me. We have had drug users, alcoholics, angry people, depressed people. We've had people here drunk. Yeah, we and we, or high. Yeah, we have, um, and those. They all have the equal sign, the lost, the hurting, the broken, the needy, and the confused. And we want all of them here um, because our search and rescue team, you know, we're all saved and we're all brand new. But we still remember we were those same said people once. Um, and so we, we're the sweet summer devotion speakers every day that we can say once were some of us but God. And so, um, yeah, we, um, we can say, yeah. I used to do that. I told that one girl, she goes, well, I don't really drink a lot, but my language, I was like, well, hmm, you know, we have people just like that here. Got tattoos? Okay. So, we got people just like that here, you know? So, please, please come. But for somebody to say, you know, they want to get married in a Christian church, that's like a lot of people say they want their kids to come to a Christian school but they don't want to come to church. It's like I would say to that Christian um, who's involved in a unequally yoked relationship, and it's sexual, and they have children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's don't kid ourselves. It's a, it's a, a man who proclaims Christ because he was raised in a Christian home, but is in a relationship with an unbelieving Catholic, and um, celebrating their fornication is not a Christian. Yes. And People why, who live like this will yeah, not inherit the kingdom yeah. of God. And and to get married in a Christian church, I was so thankful that you said the other day to have those people have marriage counseling because that can all get taken care of. You just go into a church, hey, will you marry me? And not our church, we don't charge. But, you know, you can, you can go get married pretty much anywhere. And so I, that just saddens my heart. I'm sorry. It okay. just does. What else? we got about five minutes. Um, okay, so how come I can't talk about vacation, Pastor Ron? No, that's okay. I won't talk about vacation. <laughs> Next week you can talk about vacation because okay. we'll be leaving. Okay, okay. so forgiveness is another topic um, that is really, really kind of a, 
a cool thing to stay on. Um, let me see. I'm looking at my notes because I, I was thinking about forgiveness. We can choose to let our offenses go. Um, you know, even, okay, back to the sweet summer devotions. I'm sorry I'm going back there because it's relative. Um, it's relevant. Uh, so many have been hurt. And even in the sweet summer devotions, you'll hear, I've decided to let it go. I've decided to um, forgive and try to forget, even though, you know, our, our brains are computers and we don't really forgive, forget it all. Uh, but because Jesus has died for us and forgiven us, we must, we must be willing to be gracious forgivers. Now, I've been saying, I want to be a gracious forgiver, not just a forgiver. You know, I forgive you kind of thing. I want to be a gracious forgiver like Joseph, um, my favorite, one of my favorite scriptures. You know, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And so I want to see beyond the actions and the pain caused and see, that's where the 20% and the 80% comes in, and see the, the good stuff that God wants to do as a result of being a gracious forgiver because... I'm saved. Yeah, but see, here's the issue with that, Paul. That takes faith. Yeah. You have to go outside of your feelings. You have to go outside of your anger. You have to go outside of how you were victimized. Yeah. And the only way we can do that is by faith. And you can't have faith in someone you don't know well enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get to walk with Jesus, and he says, oh, you know what? I love those people, too. And at first, it's like, no, no way, you know, kind of a thing. But yes way, he does. And so will you love them for me and with me and that's in that be patient with me thing mm, that's that's coming under that category but it's good for us to forgive because forgiveness releases the poison that is embittering us you know and um, the burden once carried of I gotta hold a grudge and sometimes we even forget why we're mad and then we think about it again and like oh yeah that's why I'm mad you know <laughs> bring it all back up again and just the bitterness just is killing us. Um, and I was telling the ladies on Monday night, this young man had come to me after church Sunday, and he was just mad. I was like, why are you so mad? And who are you mad at? And I'm mad at everybody. And I said, well, everybody don't care. They don't really care that you're mad at them. But you're, it's killing you. And so forgiveness, I just want to put this out there for everybody. Absolutely help you to forgive, because he's forgiven you. It's good for you, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically because you look older than you you should and I mean you got that that face that you know are you happy are you a Christian well tell your face <laughs> you know we want to live in joy not just holding on to bitterness and anger and frustration one of the things Paul I'm going to talk about at Saturday's pastor's class is is enjoying Jesus mm-hmm and and just too many Christians don't. Yeah. They're so burdened by the problems or by the things that they see that they can't enjoy the one who's right there. Yeah. Standing beside him saying, Hey, I'm here. Yeah. I'm yeah. here. Well, thanks for being here again, Paula. Appreciate yeah. you very, very much. You've been listening to the word to stand on for life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, tomorrow at 4 o'clock, I'll be back to take your phone calls and answer your Bible questions at AM 630 The Word. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Tell somebody Jesus loves them. We'll see you tomorrow. Jesus loves you. Bye-bye.
Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Hallelujah.